Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hi, this is Rebecca Buchanan, host of New Books Network, New Books in Popular Culture. And today I am here with Dalal Abu El Sud, who is the author of Fish, Milk, Tamarind, a book of Egyptian Arabic food expressions. Dalal, thanks for being here with me today. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Could you start out by telling us a little bit about um, why you decided to write this book or and put this book together? Yes, of course. Uh, you know, I teach Arabic at the American University in Cairo. And one day, um, while I was uh, going home, I heard this, uh, a very strange conversation. To me, it was strange. Between two Egyptian students, they, of course, they said in English and everything at the university. But one was saying in Arabic, of course, how did you do on the quiz today? And the other said, balah, which means dates. And I didn't understand this very simple conversation. And I thought that, Oh my, there's a gap between between uh, generations, of course. But how didn't I understand what he meant by balah? And I went home and I asked my kids and they told me, oh, it means bad. And so, oh, really? And you know, in teaching Arabic, of course, as in teaching any other language, we uh, very much like to uh, ask our students and, and, and encourage them to communicate with native speakers their age. And so here I thought that there will be, there is something missing. We're not teaching them what they should know, okay? And, and, uh, and then I started, uh, uh, I, I started looking at other, I, and thinking of other uh, food connotations. Of course, I know some a lot, I know a lot, but um, I thought that there is a gap and this is not found in any of our textbooks. And then I, should, I, I, I thought that we should, I'd, I should start uh, uh, collecting them and uh, having them in a book. So could you, oh, I was going to say, could you talk a little bit about, yeah, like how then you structured that and put that book together? Yeah. Uh, first, I, I started uh, thinking and uh, I, I thought that, some of the food connotations that I know, I started thinking about them and started writing them down. And then I said, okay, Yanni, if I say, the first thing that came up to my mind was the, the title of the book, Fish, Milk, and Tamarind. In Arabic, okay, it means uh, fish, milk, and tamarind. Okay, so anybody, I thought that any student who, would, who knows Arabic and who would read these three words together, he would think that this is a list of um, foods and beverages, for example, but he, he would not know that they mean a mismatch. 
of something that does not go together. It could be anything. It could be something in clothes. It could be something in in food. It could be anything. Okay, and so uh, and so I started. I said to myself, No, I have to start collecting all these connotations, food connotations. And I did some kind of an ethnographic uh, research. I started um, observing, uh, listening to young people, listening to uh, uh, modern uh, movies in Arabic, and of course, pulling out what I have in my head also. And I found that they are a lot. There are a lot of food connotations. And in, in all my teaching, in, we teach, of course, in Arabic, we teach the standard, the modern standard Arabic, and we also teach the, the spoken. Each one has its own books. And I, did, I never found any of these uh, in uh, these Arabic textbooks. And so I said, no, I have to do this. And this will be like an eye-opener for teachers to include this in their, in their teaching, especially that we are very much concerned with teaching culture, you know, culture and language are two sides of the same coin, of course. And we usually teach food as in an important uh, topic in culture, um, beverages, menus, uh, and so, but we never teach uh, food connotations. And so I said, no, I think this will be very important uh, for teaching Arabic as a foreign language. And throughout the, so the book is not just, so you have these food expressions um, and you kind of start out in it by telling us a little bit about the, you have a transcription list and a little bit about the sort of sounds that we make and, and how you need to make those sounds before. So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, it's a short section in the beginning, but it still sort of sets up um, pronunciation for people. Yes, yes. Uh, with the Arabic uh, letters, we have uh, some sounds. Of course, most of the sounds are exactly like English, but we have some sounds that are different. And in order to teach our students how to pronounce them, we first give them these uh, like uh, uh, pictures, as you said, and we tell them how to pronounce the sound, where does it come out from, and we start giving them practice about this so that they can uh, pronounce it correctly. And and this is why every, um, every uh, expression in the book has the, um, the, the transcribed uh, 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 letters so that it could be pronounced. And if some of these letters are not known to uh, any reader who doesn't know Arabic, he can go to the uh, first pages and find out what it is. As much as possible, Yani, I try to make them um, yani, uh, easy for them. For example, um, the kh sound, uh, I try to tell them that it's the snoring sound. So if you know, yeah, and I was, I, I always tell my students, why do you put Z, Z, Z when, uh, when you draw someone sleeping? Yani, when we snore, we don't say Z, we say right? <laughs> yeah, and so, and I try to make it, uh, yeah, I try to make it a bit simple. For example, the R sound is like the gargling sound, like this, and so that they can read it uh, easily. Yes. And I hope, and that by little... that, I hope by doing that, they get interested in, uh, in, in knowing how to, uh, wanting to learn Arabic. So. <laughs> yes, and you have those little images like with the throat and with the letter in them. So it's really showing you exactly where to do it yeah, in yeah. your throat. Yeah. Um, so you also, so the book is not just 
the sayings, there's images that um, go along with a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And so can you maybe talk about um, um, the images and how sort of the aesthetic that you were trying to, because they're sort of called their color images. It's not black and white. It's sort of full color images that go along with these. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Of course, to make it interesting and to make it nearer to the reader, to get the concept uh, uh, understood better, um, I tried to, uh, an illustrationist uh, worked on these uh, images. Sometimes, um, Yanni, we thought that, of course, I was working with her, Yanni, uh, discussing every image that she did, but sometimes we thought that we can never uh, draw the the connotation of the connotative meaning of the image. We have to pronounce, we have to draw the, the literal meaning. For example, uh, kosa, which means zucchini, uh, although this is a delicious uh, dish and we all like zucchini, but uh, it represents uh, the, the expression kosa means it's, it represents a, a negative societal act, which is nepotism. So how can you draw nepotism? Of course, it's very hard to draw it and be understood. So we draw it as kosa or khiar or fa'us. Um, some sometimes, but if, uh, for example, some were very clear that we can write the, and this is what I said also in the introduction, that some of the illustrations go with the literal meaning, and uh, because it's difficult to have uh, the quantitative meaning, and others go with the quantitative meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, and how many um, sort of phrases do you have in the book? Yeah, I have 100. Uh, of course, there are more, but uh, uh, the uh, the press wanted only 100. So they wanted it to be a 100 page uh, book, gift book. And so I have right. 100. So let's talk a little bit. We're not going to go through every single phrase, right? But let's talk a little bit about some of these phrases. Um, If there's some, um, are there certain ones that you, that are used more often than others? So let's start with maybe some that are pretty, pretty, like, everyday use or, yeah. or use okay. more often? I'll tell you a little bit about this. Uh, for example, um, uh, there's one called filmishmish. Filmishmish, the literal translation in is in the apricot, meaning in the apricot season or something like this, yes. And um, this, the connotative meaning of this means that, um, Yanni, this will never happen. Maybe because this uh, apricot season is very short in the year, Maybe, Yani, this could be the reason. But if you tell me when will you do this, and I'll tell you, filmishmish in the apricot, in the apricot, uh, it means I will never do it. Yeah. Uh, th- so this is used a lot. Also, um, um, ara, you know, ara asal. These are two words, but it mean, they mean pumpkin. A pumpkin is ara asal. But if you take the first part only, ara, it means that someone is fabricating speech or yani saying things that are not true and <laughs> and uh, yeah so it's fabricating speech but and if you take the second part which is asal or zayl asal like honey okay it means uh, someone who's very sweet or something that's very sweet or very nice and we use them a lot also uh, and, but each one means something um Yani, contrary to the other, uh, yani, not contrary, but this is negative, this is positive, but when you put them together, it means a pumpkin, 
Yeah. Uh, also, if I say he's sleeping in honey, which is name philasal, it means someone who is uh, oblivious. <laughs> okay, thinking of things, and so so this is one word, asal, that has yani, several. Uh, when put with other words, it has different meanings. Uh, also, uh, I, uh, some of the new ones um, that were new to me was kunefa. Kunefa is a, a very famous Arab dessert. And uh, and when they say kunafa, it means something that's complicated. See, the it's the different. There, it's totally different. The meaning is very different from the real meaning, the connotative meaning. And so, uh, I really like this. And and the balah thing also that would means which means bad. Although balah means dates, and dates are very nutritious. And <laughs> why does it mean bad? I don't know. But if this student had done well. He would have said anab, which means grapes. So grapes would be good, balah would be bad. <laughs> so these are these are the new ones to me. Uh, but the ones that 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 we all know and they are used a lot, and and all of these are used a lot in the everyday speech. Uh, for example, metamma, which means you know the okra, the vegetable okra. Yeah, and so before cooking it, you have to. Yani, uh, uh, cut the, the top of it, the, the top, the head of it, yes. And so if you say about, and this is called mit'amma, uh, and so if you say about something mit'amma, this means that he's uh, dressed in the nines, yani. Yeah, and so things like that, yeah, uh, yeah, we use them a lot every day. Uh, just a few ones were new to me and... Uh, uh, that I have included here, and this is why I'm telling everyone who um, has to have, uh, yani, uh, be aware of what's going on. What are the new food connotations that are being used, especially among uh, youth? <laughs> I did my best. I tried to yani, collect a lot of them, but there are more. Every day there are more. And it was interesting because, like you said, there are some words that, and there are some phrases that kind of, in English, it makes it, it makes sense, right? And there's some in English that wouldn't really make sense. And there's some that, like, I do love that um, your term for salad is used to, like, make a mess. Yes. Um, which I'm like, that makes sense, right? There yeah. are certain things yeah. that I'm like, that, we should start using that. Or, or I love how, like, we often think of, um, like, and then right after that, you have um, ghee with honey, meaning living harmoniously together. So I was thinking that we have phrases like that that we use but in english or in american english we often don't use ghee right in an everyday phrase because yeah. it's not a food item we use but yeah. we have other you know things that we use like sugar um instead and so there's certain phrases that make sense or yeah. would work yeah, together sure. really well sure. sure yes of course um also there is um um, one of the ones that I really like also is um, that when you say that someone is soup, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it means that someone is uh, is heavily sweating, so he feels as if he's soup. <laughs> and, so, and this is also used a lot. You say just anashorba, yani I'm sweating heavily because of, I'm I'm feeling hot or something, yani. yeah. And so there which is very much yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very much like soup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I thought that 
our students have to know these expressions because they will hear the, they will hear them a lot every day and uh, by all people by all native speakers and, and they have to know them did you find as you were doing this and looking were there certain foods that came up more often that are right like so are there certain foods that are used in expressions more than others um um, some of them are used more like asal, for example, as I told you, yani, some no asal, yani, ghee and honey, or uh, like honey, or uh, or uh, sleeping in honey. Yani. Okay, there are a lot of uh, expressions with honey. Um, yeah, um, most of them, um, each one is peculiar in itself. Um, yeah. So there's nothing uh, that came a lot. I think honey came a lot more. Also, um, um, maybe malh, which means salt. Yeah, it came in a few ones, uh, like aishu um, malh, um, um, bread and uh, and salt. Yani, if we ate together bread and salt, this means yani we know each other very well, and we have and we yani. We live together eating the, the, the least, which is bread and salt. Okay, so this means. And also, Erish Malheti, Yani, as if a, a piece of salt came uh, and I just uh, cracked it with my, uh, my teeth. Also, it means it has a meaning. And so it came in, in a few uh, also expressions, but most of them are, uh, a lot of them, uh, what, yani, uh, what combines them all is that they're all foods. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Another one that I thought was really um interesting or funny um was the your, the phrase in Arabic is put a watermelon in your stomach. Yeah. yeah. Um for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. means like you say here which means like sort of don't worry about it everything'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. And this um, is used a lot. Yeah, a lot to put a watermelon in your stomach. Yani, the thing is that, how is it related to this? I really, uh, yeah, we have to start thinking about this. How is putting a watermelon in our stomach means that don't worry about it? Yani, yani it's, uh, the, the meaning itself is hard to get, but uh, this is why it should be uh, taught to students. Yes. And that was one. So one question I had is, so you have this book, you have these phrases and some, at least for me as a not as a native English speaker, right? Some of the phrases make sense, you know, are, like are more intuitive and others like this, the watermelon one. Um, yeah. I, like, it's not something I would think about putting together. So when you're teaching Arabic, right, when you're talking with students, um, and there might be that kind of disconnect. Are there certain things you do? Are there certain ways you can like get them to sort of think about some of those phrases um, and and use them more in language in yeah. ways? Yeah. Usually, I put the picture first, and I try to uh, yani infer what is this? What do you think it is? How would you say this picture? For example, a peeled banana. Okay, so Mozam Ashara, okay, do you think, do you know what this means? And I will put them, I will give them choices, for example, to think about it, try to guess. And then uh, we will talk about the meaning and what it means. And we try to use it in situations and things like that. So, um, and you can make a lot of activities from this book. 
uh, also I used to teach um, an extracurricular cooking uh, class. And so in, in this class, I used a lot of, uh, of these expressions, for example, when I tell them, especially for uh, beginners, okay? And so, for, like, for example, if I hold a lemon, a lemon, and I tell them lemon, lemon, and then I told, do you know what it means to, if I say العدد في lemon, yani numbers are in lemons, do you know what it means? And I give them the meaning and we talk about it. And so I think it, it becomes fun and uh, engaging and um, um, uh, uh, it breaks the seriousness of the class. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy this. And, and even if I'm not teaching them uh, colloquial, uh, if I'm teaching them standard reading and writing, you will also find this in the standard sometimes. And I can just give them every day a picture like this. We talk about it and we know the expression. And then I can ask them again and think of situations. How would you say it in your language? Do you have something similar to that or not? And so yeah, it can bring about a lot of discussion and engagement. Yeah, so I was going to say, too, for people who might be teaching Arabic, that it seems as though it is a book that could be used at different levels, right? Yes, that you could use it with beginning speakers, but you could also use it with sort of more intermediate and advanced speakers as well and learners. Um, because there is, like you said, um, you can kind of use these terms as just learning the words, learning how pronunciation, but then also learning them more in... Yes. For example, the peeled banana, which means a great opportunity in front of you. If I tell you this is a peeled banana and this is a great opportunity that you should take. And so if I can just show them the picture and tell them what it is, okay, and I'll tell the intermediate or advanced, okay, write me something that I can tell you, oh, this is a peeled banana. So they can start thinking what to write, okay, in Fosha, which is standard Arabic, so that at the end we can say, ah, uh, this is a peeled banana, okay? So it, it can bring up a lot of activities, um, uh, not just the expression itself, but talking about it and writing something that reflects it and things like that. Besides that, it's fun and uh, a bit funny. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I love the images. Um, I wish you could kind of show the image, right? But the images are really, um, some of them are, they're very cute. I don't know if yes. that's the right word yes. for them. Yes. Um, but yes, like there's some, and like you said, some have that literal meaning, and some are more um, the expression itself. And so it's kind of fun to see yeah. um, the images in right. there as well. Yes, yes. Were there any of the words and terms, phrases that you were really surprised about um, when you sort of came, found them or came to them? Were there any that um, aren't used a lot, but um, that you, but you thought were important enough to put in the book? Um, um, most of them, as I told you, are used a lot, uh, but the ones that surprised me were the ones, the new ones that I didn't know the meanings, like Balahan Daina, and also uh, uh, one like Kofta, which means like um, Oriental meatballs. It's, it's not meatballs exactly, but it's the same concept, Yani. And so Kofta, if you say about something Kofta, it means that this is sloppy work. Yeah, and so Yani, these new ones they surprised me really, and I was glad to know that what they meant. I I heard them, but I didn't know really what they meant until I I heard this conversation, and I didn't understand what he meant by saying Bella. Did he do well or did he do bad? And so uh, this was the, the 
يعني the the point that made me really uh, want to uh, start this book. Yes. So you have this. So so you have this book that is useful, right? So you know, like we talked about, like you could use it as in teaching, but it's also a book that you could use, um, or someone might just enjoy if they're interested in languages or they're interested in knowing. Sort of. So it has all these sort of different. Um, uses are there is there an audience are there like do you have a wish maybe i don't know if that's the right word either like a wish for sort of how this book is used or or the different ways that this book is used well let me tell you i also yani i also think that this book would be uh, good for um uh, heritage students who are living who are living abroad uh, they need to know this culture Maybe they can speak Arabic a little bit with their uh, parents, but they don't know what these uh, expressions mean. And so I think this would be good also if they go through the book uh, every now and then and, and read about them and, uh, and know them. I think this is very good. Also for uh, new teachers, uh, we have a program uh, for uh, an MA program for uh, teachers who and prospective teachers who will be teaching Arabic as a foreign language. And so they would also would be aware that, okay, there are, we can te- start teaching things like that. Culture is very important. And to make, to, to make students communicate well with native speakers, they have to know their, their language and, their, and how they communicate. And this is one way to insert some cultural expressions into language. And so this is very important, yes. So you have this, so you put this collection together. Are you working on, and this is like, I, I thought it was really interesting because you could do colloquial language about kind of write anything, but you really focused on food. Um, are you thinking about a new, pro, are you looking, thinking about doing other projects or other things yeah, similar to this? I so am. like my, you, you know, usually that fi- my final question is kind of like, what the else functions. are you working on? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I've been working on articles and editing books at yani, something academics. Well, but the fun things, but I'm I'm thinking of um, uh, working on uh, um, also uh, productive skills and using uh, uh, short stories. But in um, uh, I draw the I draw the most important events of a short story. I can show you if you have the time. Uh, and then I make students, especially in the elementary, who who need to know this culture, but the, the story itself is difficult for them to read. But we can look at the events in the story and we can um, uh, talk about it and know the main, uh, what happened in it. So we can have a general idea about the story. So I would be addressing elementary, intermediate, maybe students, uh, who can look at the pictures? Very, very simple illustrations that I do myself, Yanya, yeah. and um, and uh, they reflect uh, or represent uh, uh, short stories in Arabic. So I'm, inshallah, I'm going to work about this uh, new book. I hope it will be good. <laughs> yes. And our short stories in Arabic? Do they have a different? Um... <laughs> I have to ask this since you brought this up. Is it sort of a you know like in the in in English, in when we write a short story, when we talk about short stories, we have sort of like you're talking about like a diagram that diagrams how the story, the action, yeah, of course, you know, yes. the plot, the yeah, falling action, course, rising course, action. 
it's a, okay. Yes, sometimes, right? Stories are just, sometimes it's a different way in which we structure, think about a story. So it's that same kind of thing, of course, but looking yes, at it through the settings, uh, uh, characters, plot, uh, everything. And, uh, and also, um, um, they include a lot of culture, of course, as you know. So we can speak about culture through the stories. Uh, through these short stories and so I'm planning to choose about I've already done some but Yani uh, I'm looking for more short stories that are um, uh, that include a lot of culture in them and that can be um, easily um, represented by uh, by uh, illustrations and very uh, like stick persons or something like that but a bit colorful yeah so I think this will be my next uh, book, inshallah. Well, thank you so much, Dal, for talking with me about Fish, Milk, and Tamarind, a book of Egyptian Arabic food expressions. Thanks for um, talking with me on New Books Network. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me, and I'm really delighted. Thank you very much.